What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, take two. Welcome to Stochastics on the Contrary. I'm your host, Neil Orfield. You can find me on Twitter at PlayerQDFS. Again, there is no underscore in that name. It is just at PlayerQDFS. Sorry, I had music blaring in my ear from uh, from my end. I had, I had the, the uh, stream going. All right, uh, as usual, Alex Baker is here. You can find him on Twitter at AwesomeODFS. And Kyle Dvorak is joining us today. He was a... Uh, an awesome contributor, I guess, at one point. Not a stochastic contributor. I know, it's always awesome to me. At least it always will be in my heart because I was <laughs> I was gone before the change. Kyle, you gotta you gotta embrace the name change. It, it is stochastic now. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna say he was he was a stochastic contributor at one point. Uh, Kyle is a professional overlay chaser in DFS, <laughs> one of one of the best in the world at chasing overlay, also a great DFS player with several big wins to his name. You can find him on Twitter at Kyle Tweets here. Uh, and this show is sponsored by Prize Picks, which offers daily prop-based contests. While you're coming in, guys, please give us a like and subscribe so you can keep up with all of our shows, DFS offers, giveaways, and much more. Once you subscribe, hit that notification button to get alerts when our shows go live. Don't forget, almost all of our content is also available in podcast form on your platform of choice. Help us out by leaving a five-star review. Kyle, we'll, we'll, I'll ask this question again a second time. How are you taking this Tom Brady news? Uh, it's tough. It's tough for everyone. It is like sad. I don't know if I like feel bad for him or think he's made mistakes or pity him, but like he has that like Jordan. It seems like he has that Jordan level of drive where like you just can't quit. You're just like addicted to the game and it is literally tearing his life apart. And I don't know, like, I think that just means you should pity him. Uh, you said your Twitter handle is PlayerQDFS and there is an imposter, an underscore PlayerQDFS. Don't follow that person. But I believe that person has more followers than you. Oh. It would be such a power move for them to just start tweeting, hey guys, there's a, a PlayerQDFS imitating me as if they're <laughs> the real Neil. I, it's it's tough yeah i mean how how can how can we prove who's the real Neil? i guess because i'm on a stream so i can say there's no underscore in my name so if you're trying to follow this this person then it's just at player qdfs with no underscore um yeah i had i had a different takeaway from the tom brady divorce news my takeaway is just love is dead that was that was my takeaway i don't know i don't i no longer believe in love with with tom brady's divorce uh alex how are you doing this morning uh, I already made an appointment to get a broken heart tattoo, you know, because of the love being dead. But uh, other than that, you know, everything is, is peachy. Um, so I think this week's going to be pretty interesting. Like, uh, there's some mega, mega chalk, like on FanDuel. It's saying uh, Tony Pollard is going to be like 50% owned, like, which is pretty crazy. But maybe he should be. And then, uh, you know. There's some some great matchups like Miami uh, versus uh, the Lions. Like pretty much anyone versus the Lions at this point is going to be great. So it'll be a fun week. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I guess I, I'll let the boom bust tool tell me whether Tony Pollard should be 50%. No, that's usually the way I go about that, determining is this is this too much ownership? Is this enough ownership? Uh, how are things looking? Alex, I'll, I'll start with you. Do you have any just general overview thoughts on this slate? Yeah, um, I mean... I think that we've been seeing some some wild stuff in the NFL this year. So it seems like passing really has been less effective this year than we've seen in previous years. And my takeaway is that like the number of stacks that I'm playing on a weekly basis is just a lower number because 
there just aren't like as many options that, that are viable. Like we haven't seen anything close to like Mitch Trubisky throwing six touchdowns in the first half in 2022. So like, I, I don't know if you guys like, it, it feels like there's usually these like cheap quarterbacks that come out of nowhere and have like monster games. We just have not seen that at all so far this year and it's already half over. So what have you guys made of that? Yeah, I, I, I agree. It's been it's been very interesting. I've always been one to spread out my stack exposure, my quarterback exposure to get to different stacks. And this year I've been kind of condensing it a little bit. Uh, at least I'm going to more primary quarterbacks getting to like double digit percentages of certain quarterbacks because you're right. Like so, it seems like every week there is like the, the top end quarterbacks are putting up 30 plus fantasy points and you kind of have to have them. Uh, so it's harder to go to those cheaper quarterbacks. How about you, Kyle? How are you approaching it? Yeah, if you include Joe Burrow and like a tier of elite quarterbacks, all but one of the weeks, at least in DraftKings scoring, have been led by an elite quarterback. I think either Geno Smith or Jared Goff is like the one outlier. But so far, it's been exclusively the big names. It's been Lamar with two, at least, or at least one. Yeah, I think it was one 300-100 game and then another four touchdown plus 100 on the ground type of game. Josh Allen and maybe Mahomes once in there. So yeah, with scoring going down, it's like a truly the haves and the haves not situation where like, Half the offense in the NFL are just completely dreadful. And we still have three or four elite ones, but the number of elite ones and the discrepancy between them and the second and third tier has seemingly widened a lot. And uh, Alex is right. Scoring is just in general, like considerably down. It's going to be, if we're, you know, keep up this pace, one of the two worst years in the past, like 15 or 20 years in terms of scoring. Yeah, it's been it's been pretty wild. Definitely a different year than we're used to. Um, do, do you have any other just overarching thoughts on this slate that are that are any different than any other slate, Kyle? Uh, anything unique to this slate that you see as a, a general overview, or is that kind of your takeaway that you need to be stacking those top quarterbacks? I would say that's true on most slates, but the top quarterbacks, like we don't have, I don't believe Joe Burrow is on this slate. Obviously, Mahomes is on by. Herbert hasn't really been a top quarterback, but he's on by. Uh, we're without we saw Lamar. Lamar last night. Yep. Yeah, exactly. We're without Lamar. Uh, Josh Allen is on Sunday night, so he's not on. So really, of the elite quarterbacks, we are just down to one. It's Jalen Hurts, really. So this might actually be a week where that rule that we've established breaks. <laughs> but I do think on the whole season, we will probably look back and say, like, yeah, it turns out these five quarterbacks were, for the most part, the only viable ones. So, so your takeaway is not to just lock in Jalen Hurts since he's the only one available? I don't think so. I don't think uh, I will be locking in Jalen Hurts. And he only has, he has been one of the elite games. He had a, a 34 point game on Fandle. It's probably like a 30, you know, seven point game on DraftKings or something in week two, I believe. But he hasn't absolutely nuked uh, as much as someone like Lamar has, especially when Lamar has like the, the double, double bonus that really no one else does. So, uh, I mean, he's definitely the best play in terms of just raw points. But I think this will be a slate that breaks the mold we've set through seven weeks, which isn't that large of a mold. Okay. Uh, well, I, I guess I'll keep it with you, Kyle. So I, I start the show. We go position by position asking, is there any chalk you're willing to eat at the position, contrarian plays you like, and then fades at each position? I'm going to start with chalk that you're willing to eat at quarterback. And of course, it's a very relative term. The only quarterback we have over 10% projected ownership right now is Tua Tagovailoa against the Lions. We have him at 14.2% projected ownership. Everybody else is below 10%. So this is a, a very relative term. But uh, are there any of these guys that are over, you know, seven percent ownership those top four hurts daniel jones Derek card Tua, uh any of those that you're just willing to get above the field here yeah i'd be fine going with Tua because mostly because like the next two options specifically like Derek carr like I've, has anyone ever been afraid of Derek carr having a game like i'm looking through his game log uh so no 30 point games that no 25 point games this year uh no one 20 one or two 25 point games the year before that but he has one 30 point game in the past four in the past four and a half seasons, almost five, because we're halfway through this one. I think it's four and a half. Maybe it's three and a half. Like, I'll, I will never be afraid of Derek Carr. Whereas Tua, we, he already has one more. He has one more 40-point game. In fact, not only 30-point game in the past few weeks. And they're playing the, the Dolphins in such a, like, specific, good, and, like, I don't want to say low, low standard deviation, but they're not going to do the thing that, like, the Bengals do, where the Bengals are so awesome when they want to pass the football. And then they will all of a sudden go into a game where they face a bad run defense and Joe Mixon gets 30 carries. Win two has been under center. They've had a pass rate over expected. It's positive. I think every single game he started. And on the year, they're still top six or seven, I believe, in pass rate over expected. They have receivers that are like first and fifth in yards per route run. And Tyreek is first by such a wide margin that like, to me, I think they're a team that maybe maybe doesn't lead the slate in scoring. Like that's obviously possible, but at least relative to someone like Derek Carr, I am afraid that if I faded to it, he would totally nuke me. Whereas like him, 
even to an extent like Daniel Jones, I'm not terrified of. Did get the, if he gets over 100 yards, that's how I lose to Daniel Jones. And I'm kind of fine betting against that. I'm a little less comfortable betting against Tua. Okay, so so Tua is a chocolate you're willing to eat. And it sounds like both Derek Carr and Daniel Jones, at least to some extent, are fades for you. Yeah, I, especially like Daniel Jones, I get like, like you're just, you're really sweating either two touchdowns or 100 rushing or them crushing their team total because their team total is under 21 points. So I'm not really that concerned about them getting there. And Carr, I mean, I guess the, the Saints have a, a really good run defense. I think they're one of the top run defenses in the NFL right now. But the way they've been playing, the style they've been playing is the opposite of Miami, Miami in that they really are like committing to this ground game. And it's been working to their credit. It's not like you don't see why they're not doing it. But there are totally scenarios in which a New Orleans team that got picked six twice last week, turns out they don't put up a lot of points. And Josh Jacob gets 30 carries. I don't think there's much of a chance we see that for Miami. Okay. Uh, Alex, I'll throw it to you then. And I'll ask you, I'll, I'll ask those two questions. I'll bundle the chalk you're willing to eat and fades for you question. Uh, would, is there chalk that you're willing to eat? And is there an, any quarterback that you think is uh, an easy fade this week? Yeah, Miami is always one of my favorite teams to stack uh, for the same reason Kyle was saying where their pass rate over expected is just very high. So if they do have a big game, it's most likely going to be passing the ball. And that's that's uh, something that is really pertinent when they have a 27 point team total. So they look awesome, like pretty much from any sort of re- uh, respect that you can come from. Uh, the pricing is a little bit high on the skill players, but I still think that it's chalk that I'm willing to eat. And then as far as contrarian plays, you know, I'm always uh, down for some contrarian guys. So um, I've, I'm going to sound like run the risk of being a broken record here, but Stafford uh, only 2% owned versus San Francisco. Like, I feel like um, it's a little bit expensive to, to get the cup Stafford stack, but that uh, was two percent. I'm I'm willing to take some shots there, and then um this one is uh is the one people aren't gonna like I guess is uh, Marcus Mariota, <laughs> <laughs> like because like the Falcons just like haven't been throwing the football. He's only averaged twenty one passing attempts per game, but like one of the things about that you have to understand is like there are certain scenarios that any quarterback's gonna get a lot of passing attempts, like a two minute drill, right? So. Like, it's, like, very random which team gets the ball at the end of the first half and if they're going to be, like, trailing at the end of the game. And that's really when you get a lot, a lot of pass attempts. So, like, I don't think Mariota is most likely to, to have a ton of pass attempts, but, like, when that outlier hits, like, Drake London and Kyle Pitts are both pretty excellent players. So I see some potential there. Yeah, and you guys have Drake London and Kyle Pitts both as, like, super good values, especially on Vandal, but I think on both sides, honestly. So, like... If you just if you ran like a min to min two stack, like you'd probably get a ton of Mariota because the the receivers are, you know, the receiver and tight end. They look like good plays. I thought about this, too, and I, I don't know if I'm sick enough to go back to Marcus Mariota, but I like I thought about it. it. It crossed my mind, unfortunately. He's had some pretty good games, though, this year, hasn't he? I mean, he hasn't I don't think he's been in the winning lineup, but he had at least one game where he had a rushing touchdown early on. I don't I don't know if actually I'd have to look at his game log. I, I don't want to uh, speak incorrectly here, but I feel like he's had at least some. Pretty good games. He's shown his best game was a 24 pointer from two weeks ago when he got in the paint on the ground, like you said, and a 20 pointer from the first week. But he is very cheap, like 25 from him if it goes to either one or both of his receivers. I keep calling Kyle Pitts a receiver, basically what he is. Uh, 25 would be probably fine. This could be a low scoring slate with all the good quarterbacks out. So. Yeah, and, and that was that was against San Francisco, right? Where he had the the twenty four point game, or maybe that was a different game. But there was no, one you're right, you're right. Alex suggested playing him, and I was like, really, Marcus Mariota against San Francisco? And then of course he had Dude. a pretty good game, uh, as he as as players tend to do when Alex points him out as uh, decent leverage uh, plays. I don't know about that, but like, what's crazy? He only had fourteen passing attempts in that game. So, Dude. like, I don't think I've ever seen a quarterback score that well with that few passing attempts. That's insane. But it looks like. Uh, yeah, the last two weeks they've not been passing at all. So they had the lowest pass rate over expected of the of a single game of the season last yeah. week when they got bludgeoned by the Bengals and just didn't even try. It's so <laughs> yeah. embarrassing, and they have so much talent. I yeah. know, man. Like, uh, it's just a shame Calvin Ridley is and also on the field to to help uh, pass or uh, help run block. So you know, hashtag free Calvin Ridley. I think we're we're all on the same page there, right? Oh, yeah, free Calvin sure. Ridley. That's wrong with betting. Um, all right, Kyle, any other contrarian quarterback options that you like this weekend? 
I don't, it's, I'm, diff, I'm struggling with this one. I'm definitely going to play some Sam Ellinger. He, I think it's Ellinger. I think it's a hard G actually, Sam Ellinger. But, uh, is, when was, I don't even know the last time we got a 4K quarterback, let alone one who projects to run a lot. Like, I mean, when you look at his college stuff, if you take away the awful NCAA practice of including sack yards, this rushing <laughs> negative rushing yards, he ran for nearly 2,500 across four seasons, Texas, 33 touchdowns. He had like 150 rushing yards in his two seasons of preseason, very brief preseason appearances and a rushing touchdown. He averaged like eight yards a carry or something like he looks like a legit running threat, and it's not like he needs to go out and be Lamar Jackson as a runner. He, he's 4K, and he plays a Washington defense, I think, is like 32nd points allowed to opposing quarterbacks. So he lets you do so much at 4K, and he, he's like even grimier Marcus Mariota, but at 1,400 less. And the interesting thing is I don't know if I want to stack him or not because really you just you almost don't need a passing touchdown if he gets on the ground, like if he gets, you know, 60, or you don't need to predict it, right? If it goes to Jelani Woods, like you weren't probably going to get there, right? So the only time I can remember seeing an unstacked Millie Maker winner was ironically in almost the exact same scenario, Taysom Hill, like two and a half years ago. Uh, and it was still a game stack just of like a completely different game. And then Taysom Hill, because he was 4K and was going to run 12 times for 60 yards. So I'm going to, I'm probably going to play some Sam Ellinger. Interesting. So, so we had a, I like that call. I had not been thinking about Sam Ellinger, but yeah, it's certainly in Ellinger. I'm, I'm going to follow your lead with the hard G on there, Sam Ellinger. Uh, I was going to call him Ellinger, but uh, I, was I have too, no idea. And someone corrected me. So, okay. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll go with the hard G on the show. Sam Ellinger. Uh, we got the question. Adam bomb mother asked, let's get Alex's opinion on the Ellinger cheat code. Alex, do you <laughs> think Ellinger is a cheat code and are you willing to play him naked out there? Uh well I wouldn't play him naked I guess uh because you know you got Pittman on the team and he he's a good option Alec uh the price is is quite high on Pittman I'll, I'll say that and it's just like um I don't know like Ellinger is a, a good play like individually but then like trying to make a lineup based around Ellinger having a game a good game is is a lot trickier so it's like um. I, I'm I'm not sure yet. It looks like like the chance that Ellinger appears in the optimal lineup is like eleven percent according to our boom bust tool. So that's extremely significant. But like like what is the rest of the players in this lineup? I think that's the the, the part that I'm gonna have trouble. Yeah, exactly. Out. That's why I'm pretty sure I'm gonna play some of him, but I don't know. And the chance of him being the optimal is not the same chance of me playing him and getting the optimal, right? Yeah, because right. the thing about good quarterbacks is when you play them, especially you know someone like your your Mahomes, Kelsey, or your your Diggs and Allen, the chances that Allen gets in the optimal, oh, your chances of getting Diggs in the optimal as well skyrockets. I don't feel confident that if I go with Ellinger and Pittman or Campbell that I've gotten the correct stack, right? Because it might just be that he just happens to unlock everything else, but then you're just trying to get a, what is it, like nine-way parlay, right? So that's, I mean, you're talking about it, but it's exactly why, like, I want to play, like, the best, like, one of the best values on the slate at quarterback, but I don't think playing him increases your odds of getting that optimal as much as playing an actual good quarterback stack. <laughs> I'm seeing a lot of pronunciation talk in chat. Uh, I didn't realize, I've always said Mike Gesicki, uh, I'm I'm seeing here it's Mike Gusicki, Mike Gusicki, uh, for the Dolphins. I can't tell the difference between the two things you just said. They sound like <laughs> so. Maybe I just have it right. Uh, yeah, I, I Gav versus Guh, I guess is the only difference in the way I've been saying it. But uh, Chronic Smith says he was interviewed as a rookie instead of just Gusicki or Gusicki. Maybe I need to enunciate that uh, sick more Gusicki. I mean, maybe we could just go with Goatsicki. Goatsicki. That does make that makes it a little bit easier. That's a good call yeah. there. Uh, and then who was the other one that he just asked? Oh, it was Najee. Najee Harris, right? Any opinions there? I feel like Najee, not, not Najee. Like, I always defer to, to Terry on uh, name pronunciation, so it'd be great to get him on a show and just say the names of every player in the NFL. Yeah, that's a good that's a good general rule of thumb. Just follow <laughs> follow Terry's lead there. Um, all right, I think that we've done a pretty good job covering quarterbacks. Uh we can probably move on and talk some running backs. First, though, guys, let me tell you, BetMGM has a no-brainer NBA offer for you that you can access by clicking the link in the description of this video. Once you're on the site, simply put $10 on any pregame money line bet. And if either team hits a three-pointer, you'll get $200 in free bets. This offer is available in all states except New York, Pennsylvania, and Mississippi, and all Canadian provinces except Ontario. You've got to take advantage of these no-brainer offers when they come up. Again, just click the link in the description of this video to access that offer. 
Alex, I'm going to go to you with running backs. And I, I like this new format uh, of just let's go. Uh, let's go to chalk. You're willing to eat and fades right away. So we can just look at, you know, at the top of the running back position, who do you like, who, who are you willing to eat the chalk on? And then who, who are some fades for you at higher ownership? Uh, well, Tony Pollard, it's uh, looking like he's going to be very high owned. Uh, it looks like he's almost kind of breaking our algorithm on FanDuel, where I, I mentioned he was like 50%, but I, now I'm looking back, it's actually 67% projected ownership on FanDuel at 6,300. But we have him as a 55% chance of cracking the optimal lineup. So, like, I think it's going to, like, it depends, like, if we see any other Dallas Cowboys getting like a buzz that they're going to play significant amounts of this game but the other running backs on the team right now are Malik Davis and, and Kadre Allison who uh, they're practice squad players and it seems like uh, <clears throat> you know they'll, they'll probably run the ball so that Tony Pollard doesn't run the ball like a million times but I'm definitely going to be trying to read read more about these guys uh Kyle, do you, do you have any read on the running backs in Dallas here? Yeah, I think the the operative point that you said was that they're practice squad players. Like, I had to I had to look up who Malik Davis was. And that should tell you a lot because I think all of us here were, like, grinding best ball leagues. We're like, if you know in the event of a bunch of injuries, which we're seeing is happening and happens every year, if you know who should be getting reps in that scenario, you're probably at a pretty big advantage. So all of us are, like, grinding these, uh, I don't want to say awful players, right? These very obscure players no clue who this guy was and looking at his college stuff like never got over 100 yards complete committee back and he is i believe malik davis is the one who will end up being the the backup so i think it would maybe we see some like light uh light work from him or one of the other back of cadre olison but given the the discrepancy between pollard and the talent you know i'll call it talent given the discrepancy between the talent of pollard and those backups i would think we see a lot of pollard this game yeah, it, it seems pretty likely that we're going to see a lot of Pollard. Um, so, Alex, you said that you he's going to be 67% owned on FanDuel. I assume that you also like, you probably like him even better on uh, DraftKings. The, the price tag 6100 on DraftKings is actually higher than uh, relative to the amount of the salary cap. It's a higher proportion of your salary cap than the 6300 on FanDuel. But, uh, Alex, you, you like Tony Pollard on DraftKings as well? Yeah, so I'm definitely going to be looking at the ownership updates going up to... Sunday and uh it does look like Ezekiel Elliott like I, I saw the news that he wasn't expected to play yesterday but I've seen people tweeting that he's not expected to play today so when people adjust to this news it's I'm I'm not exactly sure if our ownership accounts for all of all of that um workload going to Pollard so I do expect his ownership to come in at you know like that 40 to 50 percent mark in the millimaker maker that we've been seeing other top one plays come in at so um that it's also kind of based on his optimal rate at 44 percent in our tools so uh like my general feeling about dfs is it's like kind of a parlay where you got to hit each leg and having a leg that's 44 percent instead of 10 percent like makes a huge huge difference to like how likely your lamp is to succeed and it's it's worth like eating the the ownership and then just making pivots elsewhere yeah, for sure. He's such positive leverage uh, in the tools. And then I guess even if that ownership does come up, we, we've got a lot of room for the ownership to go up and still have positive leverage there. But it yeah. seems like, yeah, I'll, I'll probably be willing to eat some of that chalk too. Even, even if it does get up to like 50% with some negative leverage, I think I'm willing to eat some of that chalk because it just looks so good. Um, Alex, let me let me stick with you just for a second though, because I'm not going to let you off that easy and not <laughs> give me some fades. I know you got to okay. tell me some some great plays who you're going to talk bad about here. Um. Well... One that's standing out as a possible fade is Raheem Mostert. Um, I mean, it's like a spot where they're big favorites against Detroit. But, uh, I mean, I guess the reason to fade him is just because it's a pass-heavy team and there's not much guarantee that they're going to try to to rush Mostert, like, you know, more than 20 times. So... I think he's not a back that's really known as a high volume back to begin with. So it's kind of like making me subjectively worried about his ceiling, but then also like objectively, it's like the pass rate is so high in Miami that like, uh, it just seems like I'm, I'm more thinking that the, the receiving plays and, and, uh, are, are better options compared to most. Okay. Uh, 
Kyle, how about you? Any, any, I mean, you, it sounds like you're also on the same page with Tony Pollard. You're, you're going to be playing a good amount. You're willing to eat that chalk. Uh, do you have any, any fades this week among the higher owned running backs? Yeah. In terms of uh, the Pollard thing, it's like, he's just such a good play that uh, I, I would, I'd be willing to even eat him at like my, like a little bit of negative leverage. Cause I think you could make that up in better spots elsewhere. I don't hate the most recall. I was surprised. I thought most, or I thought for sure Miami, I mean, Miami will be the top stack, but ownership right now doesn't have them being super popular uh, in terms of like these like 20 plus percent. You can't miss on like the Josh Allen types when Josh Allen plays Mahomes. He's not going to be that popular. And most are already projection coming in at like just below 20. I thought he was going to be kind of a sneaky little leverage spot off Miami. I've gotten that backwards in, in terms of what I thought would happen. Uh, like right now, you guys have Saquon Barkley ahead of Derrick Henry in terms of ownership. Like I would just take whichever one is less owned. I think they're both in pretty good spots. I get that the Giants, I believe, are road slight. Actually, I think they're road favorites, but they are uh, against on the road against Seattle. It's probably not as good of a spot as Derrick Henry facing a, a dreadful Houston team, and he's absolutely crushed them. And not only is he getting like a decent amount of a decent, not only is he getting the best rushing workload. He has his best four game stretch in terms of receptions of his entire career. So to me, if you're paying up and Barkley or even pay up a little less for like Jacobs or Kamara, they're going to be more popular. Like I would just go with Derrick Henry. Yeah, I think I'm on the same page with you there. We talked about that on the Wednesday show. The spot is just so good against the Texans. It's really hard for me not to like Derrick Henry, even though he does have some negative leverage in the tools. I think uh, I think I'm going to be going to some Derrick Henry over Saquon Barkley, um, but that's going against tools a little bit, not not by any uh, extreme margin. Um, let's jump into some contrarian plays. That's what we're all here for. Uh, Kyle, I'll, I'll give you the first crack at some contrarian running backs you like, guys that are you know maybe under five percent owned you could you could cheat a little bit if there's guys you really like you know under 10 percent. but who do you like among contrarian running backs this week miles sanders is what are they favored by like is it it's got to be over a touchdown at this point against pittsburgh defense that doesn't look like they're able to control possession doesn't look like they're able to not give the ball to their opponents the real issue is just that he is not his team's goal line back his team's goal line back as the quarterback but we've seen that that's not entirely a problem when the Eagles can go out and drop like 25, 30 points in any given game. He's already got four touchdowns this year uh, and he has at least somewhat of a receiving role. So to me, if I'm especially if you think about it, you're playing a two lineup, probably in the top five own quarterbacks will also be Jalen Hurts. If you get a double rushing touchdown game paired from Miles Sanders paired with your Tua, you've probably parlayed a lot of things right against the field, getting other things wrong in that respect. So Miles Sanders, assuming Shuba Hubbard doesn't play Deonta Foreman paying down, and then you get to pay up at receiver, assuming you're also playing Pollard. I like both those spots at least a little bit. Okay. Yeah, definitely interesting spots. Uh, Alex, do you have any contrarian running backs that are sticking out to you this week? It's a tough week for contrarian running backs, but I got one that I feel good about, and it's Tyler Algier. Atlanta is a big favorite versus Carolina. Uh, well, I shouldn't say a big favorite, but they're favored. Um, you could see a lot of short yard yardage situations with you know um, PJ Walker uh, under center, and then um what i like algier hasn't had a good game at all yet so i'm mm -hmm. expecting him to be low owned for that reason but he did get 55 percent of the carries last week for atlanta and if we're if our read is atlanta is going to run the ball a ton algier does have a lot of upside so um i i yeah it's like uh Trying to trying to predict that guy that has a high season uh, point total of eleven point four fantasy points to, to to go out there and get that thirty points you need is a little bit tough, but I think there's potential here. Alex, uh, I'm gonna throw it back to you with with some Detroit running backs. Do you know the situation with DeAndre Swift? Is he expected to play this weekend? Because we we currently have positive leverage on uh on jamal williams in our tools coming up at 2.3 percent projected ownership 5.9 percent chance of being optimal i assume that's contingent on deandre swift not playing uh let me look well it's it's tricky because in the last game swift played williams still got the bulk of the carries so um okay trending towards playing yeah, is the latest yeah, swift was full practice first two practices of the week i assume we'll full practice and play this week but like alex said like that doesn't guarantee that he goes out and sees more than five carries or you know a few targets so like i, I thought about that because that's a good looking game uh sorry to, to hijack this but this is a really oh. interesting situation yeah, it's yeah definitely so when it when it comes to williams like although it's positive leverage it like the points per dollar of jamal williams is like pretty abysmal so <laughs> that's like 
the, that's why I feel like going contrary and at a position where you're not like spending like as much uh, as far as opportunity cost is a little bit more ideal than than trying to just hit. Uh, Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Go for Jamal Williams when it's a little bit tricky to, to know exactly how the workload is going to be split. So you think that running back is just a better position this week to just eat some chalk rather than really forcing in some contrarian plays? Yeah, what I've been seeing in running back is most weeks there's about like 10 or 15 guys that, that are playable. So like the the pool of like good like DFS plays is a lot smaller at running back than other positions. Okay. And Alex, one, one thing that I like to do sometimes or I have done in the past is play backup running backs in great spots or, or like the, the running back who's getting a smaller shit portion of the workload. So like this week, an example doesn't work as well because he's not as cheap, but Chase Edmonds uh, in that same matchup, you get some leverage on Raheem Mostert. Sometimes I have liked to attack those situations with the guy who's getting the lower end of the workload and hope for some positive variance. Is there any merit to playing a guy like Chase Edmonds this weekend against that Lions defense with so much of the field going to Raheem Mostert, uh, Chase Edmonds not getting as much ownership, or is that just, you know, uh, a little bit going a little bit too far on a slate like this where you'd rather just eat the chalk? Yeah, I feel like it's, um it's a tricky spot because okay so like your goal isn't just to win and gpp is also to cash so like there's some plays that the optimal percent isn't like terrible like and our optimal percent doesn't necessarily count for like what if Mostert gets injured which is going to happen you know five percent of the time maybe more for a guy like Mostert. so um but the problem is like when admins like doesn't benefit from that injury like it makes your lineup very likely to miss the cash line. So that does really hurt your your chances of coming out profitable in the long run. Okay. So you think it hurts it hurts your min cash equity enough that it's not worth playing, even if maybe it could help your, you know, things have to go perfectly right for it to help you have a shot at winning and then it hurts your min, ca- min cash equity. That's funny because I, I never really think about min cash equity, but over the long haul, yeah, for sure, that's going to have a big impact on your winning. Yeah, and I mean, like, let me do a quick math here. So, like, the Millie Maker is like one of the most top-heavy contests, right? That pays out four, four, forty-six thousand spots, thirty dollars. So, that is um, one point three eight million dollars out of three point five million dollars that's being allocated to people for just cashing, right? And um, so that's like more than a third of your your equity in your lineup is that min cash. Um, and then when it comes to other tournaments that are less top heavy, that is even higher. I think what he's saying is you have to play one of the the live final, the qualifier seats. Cause those are yeah. like, those are going to be like yeah. 80 or 90% to first. Basically like it's like first is 50 K and second is like $500 or whatever. It's probably like right. 95% to first. So play like the big, they might have like a $5 qualifier. That's where you play <laughs> Edmonds. So we're getting uh, conflicting news. Uh, Justin, Weapon Geiser came in. Uh, he's had some good questions in the past for us, so I want to read it. Uh, I think that I think that we're seeing that Zeke is trending away from playing. But Justin says McCarthy just said that Zeke has a chance to play. Do you think if he does, that'll make Pollard an even better play because it may push some people <laughs> off of him? Uh, what's your opinion on that, Alex? Um. Well, it's an interesting uh, theory. I guess we'd yeah, have to wait to see like what the the ownership would look like on Pollard, but in general like Pollard is is not a great play when Zeke is in because he is kind of expensive so i i think that just like the the like quality of the play is more important than like the ownership uh in a lot of instances and 
like in pretty much every instance, if a player's projection goes down, like the ownership's not going to go down enough to like compensate for that. Okay, so you, you think it would make him a worse play? Yeah, that that seems uh, intuitive to make it a worse play, unless the unless the news comes out like he'll be active and will like test it. You know, maybe there will be indications like could be active, throw people off, but not necessarily a full go. Have to follow the wording a little bit, but yeah, it seems like in general he's just a better play if uh, if we know that Zeke is out, it makes it a lot easier to hit that button. Um, I think we've covered running backs pretty well. Uh, anybody else that you wanted to touch on, Alex? Uh, just I'll I'll give a shout out to the um the Carolina guys Hubbard and Foreman like I don't really feel like they're great DFS plays but um as far as just like guys to take a random shot on like they're not bad. Okay, uh, how about you, Kyle? Any any other running backs that you want to shout out? No, I liked uh I liked Alex's call on Tyler Algier. I think he's also running a decent amount of the routes. Not that they have many routes to go around. That team doesn't like to pass the football, but. <laughs> In some sense that works in his favor. Yeah, I know Hubbard didn't practice for the first two days of practice, so that would make Foreman a pretty interesting play. I mean, they're underdogs in the offense. I would assume would be terrible. They're actually really good last week, uh, which shocked me given PJ Walker's history in the NFL. But if they're going to be like not a bottom two, three offense, and they're going to have a single running back getting all the carries, like they're probably worst plays. Yeah, for sure. All right, guys, that'll do it for running backs. We'll move on to wide receivers. But first, let me tell you about our sponsor, PrizePix. PrizePix offers daily prop-based contests. There are no sharks, optimizers, or mass entries on PrizePix. You build five-player lineups that can net you up to 10x your entry fee. And you can use your knowledge of multiple sports with cross-sport entries. You know, if, you, if you're playing, if you like NBA, NFL, NHL, all at the same time, you can make parlays with all of those sports at the same time. Great spot to do that. Click the link in the description below to get one free month of Stochastic Plus Platinum and up to $100 deposit match bonus when you sign up and make a deposit with prize picks. Alex, you know what's coming. I like to throw it to you when we're on these prize picks questions because you tend to have uh, some picks that you like ready for prize picks. If not, I can ask you about a couple lines on prize picks. Uh, do you have any off the top of your head prize picks plays? Have you already looked at Sunday pick, uh, plays <laughs> that you like? Oh, uh, man. I, I kind of like Marietta over passing yards, like as You're ugly as that is. Yeah. What, what's, um, the, what's the problem? 160.5 passing yards for Marcus Mariota. <laughs> Just like, um, I, I don't know. Like, I'll, I'll have to like really dig into the numbers there, but like, um, that's a number that it feels a little bit low. He has averaged 168 yards per game so far this year passing. And then, you know, I think like the passing volume has been like an outlier in how low it is. So I do feel like the most likely thing is going forward, Atlanta passes a little bit more than they have been, but I don't feel like like entirely confident in that. Okay. And Kyle, I don't know if you do your own projections for this kind of thing, or if you, uh, it looks like kind of a tough line for me, but because you brought up Miles Sanders earlier, I'm just going to ask you, Kyle, what do you think about 67 and a half rush yards for Miles Sanders? You take the over or the under there. I think I'd probably go over there. I mean, he is, I, I really didn't think in the off season, he literally said, I don't like my role. I wish they'd give me more touches. And what do they do? They give him more touches. He's averaging looks like not far off from 20. It's like 15, 16 a game. I'd probably go over on that one. And it's a game that they should pretty much control easily. It just doesn't look like Pittsburgh has much of a fight to put up Philly's 10 point favorites at home, I believe. So I'd probably go over on that. Okay. And Kyle, we also got a super chat from Ryan Nelson says, how often did Kyle get the coaches autograph in quotes post game on as a soccer ref? Definitely not saying Kyle was shady. He says, <laughs> I didn't know that you were a soccer ref. Did you ever get uh, autographs from the coaches on, at soccer games? I don't know if he just got lucky and guessed that. I was a soccer ref in high school. Uh, I hated it. I was like 17 and immediately one coach like screamed at me. And I was like, I'm never <laughs> repping again. I repped enough times to pay off the cost for the license or whatever. Because you have to get like license to do it. And I was like, I am so done with this. <laughs> I have no clue how someone would know that. I literally refed three games, I think. <laughs> Have you uh, said it? You must have said it on a show. I mean, I'm sure I did. Because but... Ryan has asked questions before that are like specific to the guest. Maybe he just did a deep dive on, on Kyle Dvorak. It all your really shows. deep dive. It's not like it was, I ref three games. I don't even talk about it very much. It's like uh, Hot Ones or like Narduar, the the interviewer for like rappers where they know like who your Spanish teacher was. This is that level of cut. 
uh, no, I didn't get coaches autographs because the one coach hated me and I, I was terrified of coaching ever <laughs> or of refing ever since then. <laughs> Well, that was a great super chat. Thanks for that, Ryan. Uh, very interesting question. And and uh, you can let us know if you want how you knew that about Kyle, because he is uh, surprised that you knew that about him. Uh, but we'll, we'll move on to wide receivers now. We've already talked about quarterbacks, so uh, we can probably get an idea of what wide receivers you guys are going to like. But Alex, I'll start with you. Uh, just looking at the higher owned wide receivers, who's chalky that you're willing to eat and who are some who, who's a fade for you? Um, well, uh, Justin Jefferson looks like a, a great play offhand. Uh, I mean, he's a, a you know, lead talent, and this slate doesn't have a ton of really high priced uh wide receivers. Okay, so they're playing Arizona, a team that you know they can put up some points, but their defense is a little bit subpar. So I think Justin Jefferson is uh, a chalk play that, that I really like this week, and then I mean, the Miami wide receivers also okay and then any any fades from the higher own wide receivers um well uh it doesn't look like any anyone's like jumping out like a crazy fade but i do get a little nervous with dj moore like he's super cheap i i kind of like it to be honest but it's like Man, I don't expect Carolina to be very good. So <laughs> I'm, I'll have to think on that one. Like, one thing that I noticed is, like, his standard deviation is pretty low for his projection because of that lack of touchdown equity. So that could be a little bit of a reason to, to fade. Yeah, yeah up, until, up until last week, P.J. Walker was probably the worst starting quarterback in the NFL. Like, and he, like he had, like, like a 6 or 7% interception rate. And, like, I mean, these things are fluky, but, like, he was an XFL quarterback. It, it's no surprise that he's probably, and I, God bless his heart in the XFL. He was easily, Neil, you know this. He was easily the, like, he was not only good, but he was cool as hell. He was the and MVP. Like, he was the MVP. Yeah, he was the MVP before the season closed down. And he was like playing like Mahomes with like six <laughs> sidearm stuff. Like it was awesome. But man, his stats in the NFL are among the worst you'll find on, on a small sample, but it, it makes sense that he has a small sample. He shouldn't really be playing. So when they came out last week and I think that what did they only put up like 21 points or something, but it was just a clean, like efficient win from the team. Like that feels very fluky. And to have a receiver who, like Alex said, doesn't have a lot of touchdown equity plays on a team that, I mean, Vegas still has them with a, a team total below 19. Like Vegas isn't really buying into too much of what we saw from PJ Walker last week. Probably would be lower if he bombed, but like, there is a very real scenario where they go out and put up legitimately three points. Like the so, so much I, disrespect here for the MVP of the I, love I, I wouldn't Walker. expect that from you, Kyle. I love PJ Walker. He he was so good in a league of practice squad players. But when he's played against NFL competition, the results <laughs> up until last week have almost exclusively been bad. Uh look, he was awesome in the XFL, but this is a different ballgame. And until last week, he looks bad in the nfl so to take a receiver at you guys have a 20 percent that looks I, i'd bet on that being about right on what could be the worst offense in the nfl up until last week pj walker had led like some of the worst offense in the nfl i get he's cheap but like that feels like when like you have a running back on a terrible team who's a road dog but they're shocked because they're popular or because they're getting a lot of work i'm like if they don't get in the end zone i probably live to see another day kind of what it feels like with dj Moore. i mean he'll have a massive target share and he could just save it with like 11 for 110 and not even need the score but man this could be a terrible team off by i i understand kyle we got uh the answer from ryan nelson he knew that from linkedin that you were a soccer ref so oh my god i've been on linkedin in so long yeah well apparently it's out there and people people can find things out about you <laughs> on linkedin um all right kyle what, what about so so the yeah you give dj Moore as your fade are the, is there any chalk that you're willing to eat among these higher owned guys at wide receiver yeah, I mean, if I already talked about, I'm kind of fine with Tua. They just seem like insulated to sort of like the games where they choose not to pass because those games might not really exist given their their pass rate over expected. So I'm fine with Tyreek Hill. The difference between him and yards per route run and the number two receiver is the same between the difference between the number two receiver and the number 11 receiver. Like he has put such a large gap in terms of his efficiency between him and the next best player in the league. It's like, it's stunning. So uh, to me, I'm fine with Tua and Amon Ra. Hopefully, people are afraid of Amon Ra having burned us time and time again, uh, myself included. But it's been a it's been a hot minute since we've had a good Amon Ra game. I don't think he'll be unpopular because of that, but maybe it keeps him below 15. So those because I'm already into that game. Obviously, I'm going to be into those players. Yep, for sure. 
Uh, what about true contrarian players? Well, we'll keep it with you, Kyle. Any contrarian wide receivers that you really like this week? So per your guys' ownership, which I generally trust, Cooper Cup at 6.5%, you mean the receiver averaging the most points in the in the NFL on a team that has had no choice but to pass because their running game is terrible. Like, yeah, I'm probably anytime, I think it's like true of most really good players, and this is probably true across a lot of sports. Anytime you get a player who's just an absolute elite talent, and I mean, Cup is is probably the best receiver in the NFL right now. He's easily the best by just simple fantasy points. Like you get them at low ownership relative to their peers. Like I, I just got to take that to the bank. Okay. Defix says no D hop. I'm hoping that that's not news because I need D hop so. this weekend. I think it's just saying he's going to fade D hop, which uh, that's reasonable. He, he's a, he's a chalky guy. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that's all he means by no D hop. Uh, I didn't see any news that he's out. So hoping Maybe. that he's not. Uh, all right, Alex, I will move to you then. Uh, contrarian wide receivers that you like this weekend. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Oh, man. I like that cup call that, that Kyle had. Um, Michael Pittman, like, kind of along the same lines, but uh, playing with Ailinger, uh, you know, I think he's going to be overpriced, but, like, you never know exactly what's going to happen there. So, um, but honestly... Damn, it's looking like the ownership is like quite efficient this week, uh, as far as the um leverage plays. So Robert Woods is a name that that's popping up for us. He um he's bombed every single week of the season. But which is it, why he's a great play. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I'm still holding out hope because Traylon Burks is, you know, out still and the targets have to go to someone and Robert Woods is someone. So, you know, <laughs> I, I, it can work out. <laughs> All right. So Robert Woods, he, I mean, he, he looked great in the tools last week and started off pretty well. I don't think he had the best game in the world, but at least showed some promise, you know, maybe, maybe we can get him at even lower ownership this week and he's still going to look pretty good. Uh, so Robert Woods, a contrarian <laughs> play that you like, I'm just going to scroll through and see if there's anybody else who pops out to me. Okay, Robert Woods is the one that first pops out to me uh, as a great play. Cooper Cup, man, we you guys have hit on the guys with the, the most positive leverage in the tools already. Uh, Deontay Johnson looks pretty good. Uh, yeah, those are the guys that really stand out to me. Oh, and you, you also mentioned Michael Pittman, Alex. So I guess you guys did a pretty good job of covering all the highest leverage wide receivers. Maybe we can move on and talk about some tight ends. Uh, but first, I want to tell you guys that we have a deal for new Stochastic users only. You can get full access to everything that Stochastic has to offer for NFL. Uh, it's NFL DFS projections, NFL DFS ownership, the 1v1 tools, lineup generator, top stacks, etc. It's risk-free, and all you have to do is click the link in the description of this video uh, for everything uh, that Stochastic has to offer. It's for three days only. Uh, just click the link in the description to get that to get access to that deal. Um, all right, let's move on and talk some tight ends. Uh, I'll start with you, Kyle. Let's talk about uh, the the higher end of the ownership range. Who do you like in terms of chalk that you're willing to eat? And then uh, do you have any fades at tight end this week? Yeah, I mean, every week. It's like uh, what I was saying with Derek Carr. Like, there are plenty of times where Derek Carr projects like a great value. Looks like, oh, he's underpriced. They should pass a lot. It's a weak opponent. And then it turns out he's Derek Carr and he scores like 23 points and that's fine, but that's probably, unless it's a really bad slate, not winning you anything. And like Tyler Higby is the epitome of the Derek Carr tight ends. Like, and since that stretch, like three years ago where he was like Gronk for six games at the end of the year, he has one 20 point game. And in recent weeks, especially last week, we've seen his blocking snaps go up increasingly. He won't notice it just in his snap share, but because their offense, I assume this is just my, my take on what the, was going on, because their offensive line is absolutely dreadful, they've been playing him just as much, but he stays in for blocking snaps. I think he ran a route on like right over half of the team's dropbacks last week, so his snaps won't show it, but the actual usage that he's seeing has now become much less than what he was starting off the year as. So I, I wouldn't, I'd be much more interested in like, just take another flyer on Kyle Pitts's talent. And, you know, 
we're definitely losing again this week like Kyle <laughs> Pitts, but we're going to keep burning I, our money on Kyle Pitts. I'd burn my money on Kyle Pitts over Tyler Higby. That's all I'll say. All right. Uh, Alex, how about you? I mean, so, so, I mean, you, I know you like those Ram stacks. They look great in our tools. I think part of the reason that the Ram stacks have looked so great in the top stack tool has been that it's so condensed. So we've got Cooper Cup and Tyler Higby have gotten so much of the passing share, but it, uh, you know, if Tyler Higby is losing some of that share of the passing game, maybe it's not going to look quite as good going forward. Uh, are you, are you willing to play some Tyler Higby eat that chop Alex? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a tough matchup for the Rams. So these guys are like slightly overpriced uh, compared to normal, but Higby's price, it seems to always be a little bit too low. So I can, one Rams note is Van Jefferson is expected to play this week. So I'm not going to take any shots on Allen Robinson, Jefferson, <laughs> or uh, Skyrenick, just because uh, they wouldn't be that good of plays in the first place. But um, okay, so with tight ends, um, Goddard is someone that that's an interesting option. He um, has the highest projection of any tight end this week at 12 points. So it's a very difficult position to fill. Uh, but Philadelphia, like they, they're rush first, but you know, if there was a game script where they have to pass more, like those two minute drills, like that's where you see Goddard could, could rack up some big totals. So I like that because he's like very efficient when he does get thrown the ball and his target share is high for a tight end. Okay. So you like Goddard, uh, and you like Higby, any fades for you, uh, among the higher owned tight ends, Alex. Uh, I guess like it's hard to to fade uh <laughs> any of these guys because they're all like around the same ownership it looks like. But um, I guess Pat Fryermuth like just because Pittsburgh only oh, has a sixteen point team total, so that's just not very many touchdowns to go around. So it's nothing against his talents. Uh, the team is projected to do abysmally this week. Okay, so given given the team, the game environment, you're not probably going to be getting to 10.5% of Pat Fryermuth. Um, Alex, I'll stick with you, move into some contrarian tight ends. Anybody that stands out to you that you want to play who's a little bit lower owned this week? Um, I mean, like a lot of these guys are low owned for a reason, so I'll, I'll stick to my stack the tight end uh, kind of rule of thumb, but I guess Zach Ertz, he is coming in at pretty low ownership, Uh but uh, it's because he's the highest priced tight end and he's overpriced or second highest price. Sorry, excuse me. So uh, I guess that's a pay to be contrarian spot, but I'll probably just stack whatever tight end I go with. Okay. Uh, Kyle, CW89 asked what we think of Ursma. CW89, who just was a play away from winning, from chopping the Millie Maker last night in Thursday Night Football Showdown. So tough to, to not win when you're that close. But yeah, so often comes down to one play on Showdown. It's pretty rough. Uh, but but he, uh, CW asks, do we like Irv Smith this weekend against that Cardinals defense? What do you think, Kyle? Yeah, Irv Smith's fine. Like, I take him over Pat Fryer, and we have a higher implied team total. Looks like a better overall scoring environment. And it's, I mean, his role is maybe slightly less, but there are just as many like talented players on Pittsburgh to take away targets from Fryer moves. So I have no problem with that. Okay. Uh, any other, any contrarian tight ends that you want to call out, Kyle? One thing in a lot of these like super chalk or at least pretty chalky games, uh, as far as like we've had the Buffalo game, uh, the first game of the year was Kansas City versus Arizona, is that if unless there's like a Travis Kelsey involved, a lot of the tight ends haven't been brought along in these stacks nearly at the rate that like the elite receivers have, which makes sense. The elite receivers are really good. Mike Secchi, on the other hand, not particularly good, but we've seen in the past three weeks, he's run a route on over 70% of his team's dropbacks. That was at like 68% the last time we saw him. They're making some sort of effort, at least in, you know, a three-game sample, to get him more involved. It's resulted in 14 targets over his past two games, had the double touchdown game uh, two weeks ago as well. So if I'm playing Tua, and I'm bet I'm betting on Tua to throw three, probably at least touchdowns, Gasecki 3,800 just needs to find one of them. And you could probably say the same for the other side of the ball with TJ Hawkinson, though I don't love playing Hawkinson with Monroe St. Brown. I assume he's playing. Okay, guys, we're well past the running back section of this show, but we did just learn that Chuba Hubbard is officially out this weekend. Uh, how much does that make you interested? I'll, I'll go to you, Alex. Uh, do you think that you're going to have interest in Deontay Foreman, or is it kind of going to depend on the ownership for Foreman this weekend? Yeah, I'll play Foreman. He, he's uh, okay, 5,300 on DK, 6,400 on FanDuel. And uh, yeah, I mean, 
that their their uh third string running back is Raheem Blackshear, and I don't think he's really played in the NFL. He hasn't. He's a practice squad guy from the Bills that they signed. Okay, yeah. So, um, you gotta expect Foreman to to get at least two thirds, probably more of the work at running back. So even on a bad team, I mean, we saw with James Robinson on Jacksonville, like in past years, that adds up to like significant fantasy potentials. So I think Foreman is is not a good play. Okay, uh, we'll we'll touch on defenses really quickly. I'll just ask you, Alex, uh, any general any thoughts on defenses? Anybody that you really like or really hate this weekend at defense? Uh, I always like stocking or sorry, not stocking, stacking or my defense against like a or sorry, uh, going for the correlation with a defense versus a popular stack so um like miami is is kind of chalky this week uh so like alliance defense doesn't project very well but you get a lot of leverage over those lineups so i think the lions uh and it has to do with like how good the quarterback is on this other side too so uh the lines could be a contrarian defense to look at Okay, what about the Giants, Alex? Coming in at 2.1% projected ownership. We have the Giants optimal 7% of the time. Any interest there? Yeah, I mean, uh, they're going up against Geno Smith, and uh, he's been impressive so far this year. But, uh, you know, like uh, our expectations going into the season weren't super high. So I think uh, it's it's worth taking some shots there. And I think the Giants' defense is, is actually not a bad defense. So I like it. Okay. Uh, Kyle, how about you? Do, you? do you have any thoughts on defenses this weekend, Kyle? Yeah, actually, I, I kind of like what uh, Alex saying with just playing defenses against like popular quarterbacks, probably just because they're decent values. Like I'm probably not ever going to play whoever, uh, whoever Buffalo plays that defense, but like, I'm not like <laughs> Daniel Jones is not anywhere close to that. So I actually like both defenses in that game because Geno Smith, as Alex said, our prior on him is that he's not particularly good. He's a backup for a reason. And although he's looked pretty good this year, uh, he's also, I almost, I don't know if he's technically been ruled out yet. There's no way DK Metcalf is playing in this game. So he's without his top receiver. It is a pretty solid defense, a well-coached defense. So both sides of that ball. And Daniel Jones, is he's Daniel Jones. I know he's not making as many mistakes as he is, as he has in years past, but he still has like multiple games with four plus sacks on his record already this year. So actually I kind of like both sides of that game as far as defenses go. All right, Kyle, if you can only choose one stack for the largest field GPP, large field, single entry GPP, uh, who, who's your favorite stack this weekend? I think I'm still going with two. I know it's chalky, but I, I still think I'm riding with that one. Um, feels like a loser playing such chalk, but I, I, I don't hate it. I think there are I think there are enough other spots to get uh, different on this slate that I don't have to like completely fade the best quarterback. And we, we have positive leverage in the top stack tool. We have two owned at 14.2%. We have uh, the Dolphins, a top stack, 18.1% of the time. So it seems like a great play, even in a top stack tool, even at 14.2%. So I like that call. Uh, Alex, how about you? Any uh, who, Who's your favorite contrarian or, or large field? G- doesn't necessarily have to be contrarian. Your favorite large field GPP stack for a single entry this weekend. Man, I hate to say it, but I'm feeling like a chalk donkey this week. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I'll, I'll still throw some love to some contrary picks, but I do feel like Miami might be one of my favorite ways to go. Uh, but yeah, like the Ram stack, I, I feel like there's a ton of potential. It's like the it's not a good stack because <laughs> the like points per dollar isn't isn't good. So. That one, it's like a large field strategy to just overspend on a, a team that, um, you know, is has potential. And then the Atlanta stack, just like they're pretty good when they do throw the ball, which is not frequently. But, <laughs> you know, I, I think that um, it's going to hit it often enough to, to work, be worth it. And I'll throw in, I'm going to be a Vikings homer here and say that I love the Vikings stack this weekend against that Arizona defense. Kirk Cousins, you can play Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, uh, Irv Smith. I don't know if I'm playing KJ Osborne that much anymore, but uh, I think it's mm-hmm. a pretty easy stack to do and mega positive leverage here this weekend uh, for the Vikings stack. Kyle, thanks so much for coming on. Where can people find you? Yeah, find me on Twitter at Kyle Tweets here. If you want more, I have a DFS show coming up at one o'clock Eastern. So check me out there. All right. Thanks a lot, Kyle. And uh, Alex, uh, any final words for the people? Uh, no, just, you know, I think this will be a fun week. There's some great value at running back that we're, we're just learning about today. And then we got some awesome stacks. So make some awesome lineups this week and uh, it'll be a fun one.
Guys, thanks a lot for watching. If you haven't done so already, please do hit that like button and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. And stick around. We've got a lot of content coming up for you today. We've got Aton doing the odd shop later on, uh, the odd shopper channel. We've got Matt Savoka doing fantasy football flex start sick questions uh, on the fantasy football channel and then on this DFS channel. We've got a bunch of stuff coming up. We've got the N NHL strategy show with Josh Harris, uh, No House Advantage NFL show with Aton. No House Advantage NBA show with Emac, and then of course we've got all the usual NBA deeper dive, NBA live before lock coming up later. So stick around, uh, check it out. We've got a ton of great content coming up out the rest of the day, and then of course we all weekend we're going to be doing NFL and NBA and every sport that you can hope for. Uh, so check check it out this weekend. Thanks for watching. Have a great weekend and good luck.